Obstacles are put in place to impede you from reaching your full potential, and today's guest has had no shortage of them. Please join me on today's phone interview as I continue to practice current COVID-19 guidelines, but still share with you some life lessons from a fellow entrepreneur who has refused to fall short of his goals. Thank you for listening. Everything good. So first off, I'll start off with saying thank you for joining me on the podcast. Oh, man. Thank you for the invite. All right. But before we move uh, move a little bit further, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody who you are, what you do, and where you are in the world today. All right. Appreciate it. Once again, thanks for having me on. I'm Jay Sims Washington. I'm the owner, well, part owner of GK Manufacturing. We are a private and white label TV manufacturing company. We specialize from Test products, all the way products for elite athletes, dealing with anxiety, pain management, et cetera. So where are you located? In high California. Okay, so California-based business. All right, so first mm-hmm. and foremost, let's go ahead and get this COVID-19 talk out of the way. I don't want this to be a COVID-19 podcast, but still, uh, how is it affecting you? So actually, uh, it hasn't been affecting me much just due to the fact that we got lucky last year and added on a product, which is a, a hemp-based hand sanitizer. So it has been doing, helping our business out. But when we look at the uh, COVID-19 itself, I'm, I'm really, really sorry for a lot of people who are being affected by it. I, I think that uh, we definitely could have nullified it much quicker than, uh, than anticipated. We were just kind of uh, slow to... Uh, Move on it. Didn't right. take it uh, as serious as we should have. Okay. I was like, I, I, most people don't know this problem. I got about 17 years in the pharmaceutical space, so I kind of understand what it means to bring vaccines and everything to the forefront. And basically, man, we just got caught our pants down. You know, uh, FDA was supposed to move, the CDC was supposed to move, and that's where we're at, we're at now. So it's definitely affecting our economy. It's affecting the, the welfare of of uh, you know, a citizen, and it's pretty sad. And mm-hmm. I, I think it could have been, you know, uh, dealt with much more diligence. Uh, I, I agree to a certain point. I mean, this is the this is America, and we've seen different mm-hmm. pandemics break out all over the world. You know, uh, in previous years, and they've never really reached the point of touching our soil. So I can kind of understand why we were a little bit hesitant as far as reacting to it. But at the same time, yeah, we did react, you know, late and we're suffering or paying the cost for it. So I think for the most part, it's definitely a learning experience for me personally, because uh, you're speaking about business wise as far as how how it's affecting you right now. But how's it affect how's it affecting you personally? So personally, I actually do uh, have people closely. They were older and a little abuse press. Uh, they passed on, which, uh, you know, was definitely a, a blow to the soul. Uh, like I said, financially, it really hasn't been, but just emotionally, it has. Right. You know, where everybody's talking about we need to get used to this new normal. Right. Uh, I'm definitely not accepting that. You know, this is definitely abnormal. I can't, I can't accept the new normal. Uh, I have good days and bad days, just like, like everyone else. Right. Especially when I talk to people who are really affected by it. You know, I'm just one of those guys who kind of soaked up all the people most like a sponge. So I definitely uh, feel sorry for being empathetic. So it's, it's just, 
it's a situation to where, you know, we're all, you know, coming together and trying to deal with it. Now, one thing is, 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 is you know, you take positive about it, it's like, like what you're doing. You know, with this downtime, you actually explore another avenue, right. which I, I think is, is, is great. You know, uh, I, I've actually talked to a, a few entrepreneurs and, and people who just have their downtime, and they, they put a positive spin on like, hey, you know, if, if I got this idle time, let me do some positive. Let me, you know, develop a skill, a trade, start a new business, right. which I, I think is wonderful. Now, you know, I, I actually thought about this the other day, man, and you're kind of like the guru of fitness, so you, you can kind of throw through what you, what you think about this okay. and, and here. So when you're looking at other countries, how they've been dealing with it and the deaths and things like that, to me, it just seems like they've been recovering a little faster, and it's due to the fact that they just want help. You know, when, when you're looking at some of these, companies, these countries who, you know, they, they they run a little bit more, they walk a little bit more, they bike a little bit more, you know. They, they uh, eat a little bit healthier. They, they don't, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. Right. yes. Um, so, you know. I don't know. Kind of, kind of give me your, your, your thoughts on that, man, because I, I've really been digging into that, and I, I think it's something to it. Okay, so two things. First off, first off, I'm going to start off with this. I saw a post this morning because I've been up since about 5.30. I got my two miles in already. A uh, buddy of mine who you speaking about, entrepreneurs, has launched his company uh, or his uh, his movement. It's called Big Ass Joggers. And right now, um, he's, he's the premise is if you're going to do something, do it big. So his premise yeah. is, you know, he's he's got, he's out on the road. He's a big guy. He's like six four. Used to be over three hundred pounds. And this this um, this pandemic has brought a different you know a different challenge to him. And instead of he couldn't go to the gym and work out, which is what he normally does, so he's out there on the road putting in miles. So uh, big uh, big shout out to Lou, big ass jogger. Check him out on IG. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all saw that. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I got out, got my two miles in today. The challenge this week is a 10-mile challenge. So we got to do two miles a day for a total of 10 plus at the, on Friday, obviously. But uh, to say that, I'm leaning into the fact that another post that I saw today was like, um, if this pandemic doesn't bring the hustle out of you, then it's not in you in the first place. So yes, a lot of entrepreneurs making some moves right now. For me, I've been wanting to do this podcast thing for over a year now. And I'm kicking myself in the ass for not making it happen sooner. But at the same time, I'm shaking my hand because I am making it happen now. I'm taking advantage of this downtime. Now, uh, as far as your question is concerned and why we may have, or it may seem that we're being affected greater by this pandemic than other countries that have experienced it. And you mentioned, you know, the obesity and the fitness thing. Yes, that is definitely a key component in how well you're going to be able to battle this this respiratory uh, condition if it does, you know, present itself to you. Uh, one of the first things right. I did, and I've mentioned this in my other podcast, is when I heard about this being a respiratory disease and I couldn't get in the gym, the last thing I was going to do was sit on my ass and get weak and stagnant. Uh, yep. So I started running you know, double time. Uh, my first challenge mm -hmm. since the pandemic was to do a hundred mile challenge before they reopened California. Um, and I actually got that in a couple of weeks ago, but uh, I finished that hundred miles and I was really, really, um, you know, uh, I felt pretty good that I got it done. Went on and bought me a new pair mm -hmm. of kicks. And then I, I ran as much as any, any, I ran as much as 13 miles, 13 miles a day for a couple of different situations because I was trying to get that hundred miles behind me. But if you have, uh, I think they're to the call um, pre-existing conditions. 
obesity, mm-hmm. you know, uh, being one of them that's very, uh, very rampant, very prevalent uh, in the United mm-hmm. States, then yes, you're going to be a prime candidate to, to, to get this, yep. this, and this COVID-19. And unfortunately, it's going to be a little bit more difficult for you to fight it or overcome it. And as you've seen in several mm-hmm. situations here in the States, a lot of people have not been able to fight it and overcome it. So a lot of people are passing. But I also want you to keep in mind, you got to you gotta watch these numbers because they're playing games with that shit. I mean, I, I, it's I a 99, 99.9% survival rate for this COVID-19, number one. All right? And mm-hmm. as far as the deaths... Mm-hmm. Facts, numbers, as far as the death, as far as, far as the flu is concerned, COVID-19 ain't, ain't even on the same playing field. You see what I'm saying? Right. So right. I think first and foremost, you need to keep your energy high, your vibration high. You need to stay motivated. You need to keep doing what makes you you, um, but mm-hmm. in a safe and responsible way. Right. So that, that's my feelings when it comes to that. So, so tell me this, and, and, I, and I've talked to a lot of people about this as well. You know, when we're saying the time with the numbers, you know, other things going on, what do you feel is kind of like the agenda with this? Because I'm I'm with you, man. Some things are definitely exaggerated. You know, the media is exaggerating things. Uh, Government exaggerating things. It's just it's something behind it. What do you think might be the actual agenda to what's going on? If I had to put my finger on one Mm -hmm. thing, it's population control. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've said this mm-hmm. in I said this behind behind closed doors with close friends of mine. A hundred years ago, a hundred years ago, before technology and vaccines and medicine, the weakest links in the chain would have been broken and fallen off already. There you go. They die off. Yep. The only only strongest survive. But because of our technology, we've been able to. Um, I don't know. I don't know the word I want to use. We've been, we've been able to extend the life, you know, or the duration of things that should not have been extended or prolonged, and that's right. that's weighing heavily on on Mother Earth on the natural process of elimination. You understand what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. So whether it's man-made or it's nature-made, I think you know from my from my from my experience, my knowledge, my understanding, I think it's it's a it's a population control thing where hey, you know we just got we just we just got too much baggage right now, and uh, yep. yeah, that, that that's me putting my finger on it. That's how I feel about it. You know, I'm not saying I'm not being empathetic to the people that are losing people and people that are dying, so on and so on, but people die every day. No, I'm I'm with you. And and I, and, I, and I feel the exact same way. I feel population control, and it's funny, man. I uh, and I admit it. I spoke a little weed last week, and I ran across that movie. Remember the happening? Uh, that M Night Shyamalan movie, where basically it was kind of showing how nature was kind of fighting back. Like, hey, you know, you guys have been just mistreating the, the earth. Right. So, hey, I, the trees and grass started taking people out. And it was funny, after I watched that movie, I was sitting there watching the news, and they were talking about New York, how, you know, certain wildlife were actually coming back to the city. You know, I actually looked out on my patio and saw how clear the sky was in Southern California. And Valley. You know, it's always great. Yes. So, you know, it's just funny how, you know, Mother Nature, hey, it could have a part in it. Like, hey, I'll be chill out a little bit because, hey, I got to survive also. Right. You know, and, and, and y'all are just doing just a little bit too much. Right. So it's, I, I think it's a combination of, of a few things. 
Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think, like I said, the best thing for you to do is just, you know, be responsible, but stay upbeat, stay positive, stay strong. And, uh, you know, only the strong will survive, so to speak. But okay, like I like I mentioned earlier, I didn't want this to turn into a COVID nineteen podcast, but we got a little bit of you know, got a little bit out. But hey, I, <laughs> we, we we talk about the things that are going on today. Right. So I, I think, and that's what I like about your podcast. Now we talk about the issues that we're dealing with today, and then we go forward. So okay, get to go. So let's uh talk about a couple challenges uh, as far as you know. Honestly, there weren't really any challenges. You said this was an opportune um, moment for you because of the hand sanitizer or the sanitizer that your company's been able to sell. Um, let's talk about how we met. Yeah, let's 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 spice it up a little bit. So I think if I recall, it's probably been about ten years. I honestly do not try to keep up with time because it only reminds you of how old or how old you are not. But I do. I think the first time we ran into each other was at Equinox Personal Training about what five ten years ago. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay, so that's that's when I first met Big Jim. <laughs> right, that, those are good times. That was, uh, yeah, those are good times. And, and since since meeting at, uh, at Equinox, we've uh, partaken in a couple of each other's different business ventures. Me with my company, Good Herd Apparel. You've been at several of my photo shoots, and you're definitely a big uh, supporter of the product. I've um, supported you in. Uh, what was supposed to be one of our animated series that, you know, we, right. that fell through, but we'll definitely revisit that again in the future. And um, exactly. right now you're sort of in the cannabis space as far as your profession, based on what you spoke about earlier. And we've talked about right. a couple of future ventures that we're going to look for, you know, moving forward in the future as far as cannabis, cannabis is concerned. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what, what else do you got going on besides, besides the cannabis right now? So that, that's the biggest thing right now. So let, let me give a little history on that. So uh, like I mentioned earlier, I, I'm coming from the pharmaceutical side. So I was looking for a more holistic and healthy approach to uh, dealing with some disease states out there. So long story short, I moved into uh, cannabis cultivation. Started that for a while. It was going good. But as everybody knows, a lot of red tape that's involved in that particular business. So I moved more into CBD on the hemp extract side. Once the uh, the farm bill was passed and uh, hemp extract was legal over 50 states, we started to expand. Okay. So I'm one of the few uh, African-Americans who are owners in this business, uh, which tends to be the, the story for a lot of different businesses, but especially for, with CBD. Okay. Um, so we actually we expanded very rapidly. It, it, it's an industry that's growing you know, uh, leaps and bounds every day. So when we started, we were at about, we started in a small facility, probably about 200 square feet. Okay. And we went to 3,500 square feet. And within the last six months, we were actually acquired by a publicly traded company. So we nice. expanded to 16,000 square feet. 16,000. So, exactly. So where I like to toot my horn is the fact that, not that we're expanding and we're growing, our business model is actually to help other businesses grow because we do private white labeling. Most manufacturers, what they'll do is they'll ask for product minimums, mm-hmm. usually anywhere between five and ten thousand. We're looking for those small guys who have an idea, who want to build on that idea. So we're not going to hit them over the head with that minimum, which they probably can't afford. We we say we actually like to get in bed with you and help that business grow. So we've had businesses come in. Hey, we've got this idea. We want to put it together. You know, we don't have a lot of money. Okay, let's sit down at the table and see what we can do together. 
Okay. So with that being said, we've done over the past three months, we've dealt with uh, about two or three startups that are prospering. You know, nice. uh, and, and and when I say prospering, they, they started with with as low as a thousand dollars. Okay. So with, with they, they come with the logo and the idea, and we innovated with them and helped them grow. And it's really because what what happens is is when people start these small businesses, they really don't know what they're getting into. The, the manufacturing world is is very cutthroat. Okay. You know, so we, we we try to also along with that, not just help them build their product, we try to help them actually get educated within the manufacturing world. And then we're hoping that if they do blow up, let's say they become like a Coca Cola or something like that, they don't forget us. And how we help them out and bring us along. I understand. So uh, I'm, I'm I'm all about trying to help people, you know, build their small business. Even with you, you know, when when you first started, man, I mean, you you had one T-shirt in the dream. <laughs> look where you at now. Yes. You know. <laughs> and, and everywhere I go, I'm repping that good hurt. I, I mean, I, I got a good hurt shirt at that shoot last five years. I understand. I'm Yes. Yeah. I really appreciate that support, brother. Yeah. yeah. So you're speaking about collaborations with these small companies and you're about educating. And I think that's one of the biggest things that we have to understand. There is enough to go around. You don't have to try to, yeah. to be that barrier of entry to these small guys that are trying to make it big. Like you just said, you're hoping that you're going to give them this knowledge. And if they end up, you know, growing a little bit faster than your company does, that they don't forget where they came from and they reach back and pull mm-hmm. you forward as well. So uh, you spoke about being one of the few African Americans in this CBD slash cannabis community, what are some of the um, what are some of the challenges you faced? Uh, how long have you been? First off, I think you said about how many years you've been doing this, the cannabis thing. So the CBD, CBD three three years, uh, cannabis as a whole probably about five years. Okay, so so what are some of the challenges you faced as a cannabis um, connoisseur, so to speak? Okay, so I, so number one uh, on the cultivation side when we first started. It was myself there, and I actually had two girls. It was father's son, both African American. We, I mean, uh, the, the son himself is a genius when it comes to cultivating. He's a student over at Pierce College in the uh, the horticulture uh, program. Okay. We, we we were above board on everything, our facility and everything. The, the product that we had was fire, but we would actually go to the dispensaries during vendor uh, days, and we would always get overlooked just due to the fact that we were black. Right. You know, because they, they they felt that our our facilities were subpar, which was not the case. Uh, they also figured that we came from the black market, which was not the case, mm-hmm. and they just didn't want to touch it. Okay. Yeah. You know, so, like I said, they'll they'll let us consume all day long, but they don't want to get in, in, in the business with. Us. Right. So, so that was definitely one of the, the biggest hurdles. Now, on the CBD side, how can I how can I put this? The biggest challenge has been when I'm dealing with other African Americans on the business side, they can't believe that I can give them the deal that I give them without it being something on the back end mm-hmm. that I'm kind of bending them over on. I understand. You know, there, there, there's been some celebrities who are just like, Jay, this is too good to be true. What are you getting out of this? <laughs> but it's funny because if, if my business partner comes in and says the exact same thing, they're ready to sign the paperwork. Right. Who is your business partner? Uh, his name is Keith Hyatt. And, and he's been in the, in the cannabis space for the last 12 years. He actually used to deal with um, 
uh, uh, I can't think of the name of these guys, but they're the ones who came up with the, the product, Charlotte, Charlotte Ware product. Hold on. What's the difference between you? What's the difference between you and your business partner? Why are they willing to deal with Absolutely. Absolutely. color skin? Okay, color skin. Okay. And, and the funny thing is, and, and we we actually have a great business relationship. He's more of that hippie, we we hair type, and I'm more of the professional pharmaceutical side. Right. I I felt that you know I'm coming in polished. They would look at me different, but no, it's, right. it's the opposite. Right. So check this out. Um, a couple nights ago, me and the wifey sat down for a movie night. We normally do movie nights on Friday night with the kids, and I think um, Saturday we decided we were going to do one ourselves, being that we're not able to go on date nights right now. We just did a movie night at the house once the kids went down. And we watched this movie called The Banker. Have you ever heard or seen this movie called The Banker? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, so I'm going to share a little bit more about this movie for those of you who have not. Uh, I think it was maybe in the 60s or 70s, there was this African-American kid from Texas, I believe, who wanted to learn how um, other people made their money. So he would sit in the windows at the banks and listen to these bankers make these, these different uh, decisions on how they moved in the market to get this money. Long story short, and not to tell you enough or too much about the movie for you not to want to go watch it, he ends up getting all this knowledge, you know, moving to New York City, investing in real estate, and running into those t- running into some of those same obstacles that you may have ran into in your business today <laughs> in 2020. Mm-hmm. But anyway, mm-hmm. in order for us as an African-American, as a black person to move from the levels that we were 50, 60 years ago, we always had someone who was willing to help us along that wasn't from the same place we were from. So in this movie, there was a situation where they wanted to buy this building in New York City. And they clearly understood that as an African-American, these people were not going to allow them to come in and buy this business. So they got a new face to their business, so to speak. And they taught them a couple things. And this face went in when it came, when it was time to make those moves, those particular moves, the face of the business came in, closed the deal, and then everything moved smoothly along to a certain point until it got out of hand. You know, but anyway, just, just, it's funny. You know, something that happened 40, 50 years ago is still relevant today. But I need you to understand is that there's always a way. You know what I'm saying? You, you, those obstacles come along, those challenges come along. You just keep moving forward. All right? Don't break stride. Find a way. It's possible. It was made possible then. It'll be made possible now. So I congratulate you on keeping your head down, keeping your focus, and getting to the position that you are today. In this cannabis community. Appreciate that. Yeah, big things. Appreciate that. Keep grinding. Yeah. In the words of my uh, my I'm coach, he said, that. the grind don't stop. Um, and that's a podcast I did with my coach. Uh, he's like one of the first or second podcasts I did. But I guess I was at, I guess I was at a comfortable position in, in, in my life right now. And I was like, I'm watching these people on IG. These young kids, you know, they're trying to get to where we are. You know, you know, want to be established or whatever. And this is one guy. He made this video. It's like the grind don't stop. The grind don't stop. The grind don't stop. And I'm thinking to myself, like, damn. I mean, the grind gonna have to stop eventually. I mean, don't you want to get to a point where you can be like, okay, I'm done grinding. I can just cruise now. But my coach, obviously someone I respect, he was like, hey, the grind never stops. 
You know, once you get your finances order, you got your house paid off. Now you got to grind to make sure your kid gets to where, the, you know, they need to be. You got to grind to make sure they get through college. You got to grind to make sure you stay in shape as a 40, 50, 60 year old. You got to keep grinding. The grind don't stop. Exactly. So well, it was a, real, man. A lot of times comfort is our enemy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because that's one of the slogans on one of my Good Herd Apparel shirts. Comfort is the enemy. But still, even though I printed the shirt, I guess I kind of I got a little too comfortable. But, uh, yeah. but yeah. And we all do, man, because what we do is we get to a certain point in life where we think we've accomplished a certain goal or aspiration and we want to breathe. Right. But the thing is, we breathe, we take too much of a breath. Right. You know, hey, you just need to... <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. You recover and you keep it going. Right. Yeah. So it is. It, 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 if you look at every entrepreneur out there, man, they're always thinking about what's the next step, what's the next move, what's the next business venture. You, you gotta, you have to, have to come, have it coming in from all different angles. Right. Okay. I mean, if, if, if you talk to the real big boys out there who are making some, some big waves, man, they'll, they'll take the exact same thing. You know what? So I'm. I don't. I do not envy the real big boys, and I understand that in order for them to get to those levels that they are, they have had to make some grave sacrifices. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And sometimes yeah. I ask myself, like, is it worth it to me to make those sacrifices to be at that level? And sometimes I'm like, no, I'm good where I am. You know, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to take those chances, those risks. I mean, no, no risk, no reward. But um. Yeah, you know, those those guys have paid the cost and you got to understand that. When you're looking at someone like a, I don't know, Jay-Z or yeah. a, 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 a crazy Kanye, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, they've, uh, they've made some sacrifices. Oh, yeah. And, and that's the thing. When, when you start peeling back the layers and, and seeing what type of sacrifices they made and you look in the mirror and be like, okay, do I want to get to that level? Can I make that sacrifice? I'm even looking at the, the small sacrifice that I, I made. Now, I'm 45 years old, not married, no kids. But it, and, and I look at that as a sacrifice because if I was in that situation, could I be making the moves that I'm making right now? Probably right. not. Yeah. So it, it, it's a trade-off about, you know, what can, what, what can you tolerate? What can you abstain? Where do you really want to be? Right. So, speaking about that, what are, what are your goals in life moving forward? I mean, what, give me about two or three of them, but right now, what's number one on your list? What's the next thing, whether it be personal or business-wise? business, business, uh, business wise, what, What's the next thing for you? So, you know, I, I really like to keep it personal because I, I feel that it all okay. personal leads everything, and, and then business kind of follows, that, follows after that. Right. So, since I actually have gotten to a certain level in life and business, things like that, definitely that next is, is family. You know, I, I've always been big on family. I, I come from a, a small family, you know, and I've always said, okay, you know what? I want to hold that. Uh, I, I want to be the one who's responsible for actually expanding, you know, our our, our, our family dynamics and, and generations, things like that. So definitely, you know, family. I also want to, once COVID is over, I want to get more involved in community service. I used to be big into that, man, and, and once again, I put my head down. It was just so concentrating on business. I really want to get back in community service and start giving back. Okay. And that's, that's, that's really been weighing heavy on my heart. Okay. So those, those are the two main goals, man. You know, so, really start um, focus on community yeah. service and giving back. Be a little bit more uh, specific, a little bit more. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, I've, I've never been involved in just one particular group. I've kind of always bounced around with something. Someone was in need. I was just trying to be there. 
I've dealt with uh, groups that have fed the homeless, sheltered the homeless. Uh, I've put together 5K runs to actually, uh, actually we were dealing with uh, a group by the name of We for Warriors. I put together a 5K run to where we were donating uh, either cannabis or money to actually uh, help these people with PTSD and, and um, uh, uh, different pains and ailments that can actually be relieved by cannabis. And they were mainly um, ex-military. Uh, they're probably about Man, it was about three years ago, and I wanted it to be an ongoing thing each year, but life just kind of caught up with me, and I wasn't able to maintain it, but I just want to revisit that. Okay, so, so okay. I, I'm, just, I'm just that guy to where wherever I can help out, I, I want to be there. I want to be a blessing to somebody else. Okay, so one of the things that I've learned um, over the past five or ten years is not to judge the next person. I was in a heated debate with a buddy of mine, and we were trying to convince each other to give into what he thought or what I thought. And I was yeah. arguing the fact that I felt that if I was going to invest my time, my money into a particular group of people, that it would have to be the youth for me. He was more on the note of where he felt like he needed to help his brothers and sisters, his peers. So I kind of think that we're both right. Just depends on how you want to spend your time and money. Both of those, both of those sectors could use some more guidance. But I think as we get more established, more comfortable in our lives, uh, yeah, it's always a good thing to want to reach back and, and help those in need of your experience. That's one of the big things for me as a coach. It was real big for me to be out here on the track with these kids. I mean, you're teaching them about right. sports and fitness and discipline, but they're getting so much more out of it. Giving back, yeah, that's that's definitely should always be a goal of everybody that sort of makes it to a point in life where they feel they have some extra time to spare. Because I look at it like this, man. Along your way, somebody has done that for you. Yes. Even if you can't think of a, a situation right now, it has happened. Right. And, and that's where you are now. So and that's what I have to think about. Okay, you know what? Somebody did that to me. I need to pay it for. Right. Yeah, this is almost a common sense thing. It didn't even take that much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, what's the last book you read? Ooh. Oh, man. This book called Emotion. Okay. CDJ. I was going through a few things. I would say, man, for the last, ooh, I'd say three to four years, I, I got to a point in my life. Before I used to be that, that stone-faced brother, you know, no emotion, you know, just walk through anything, didn't bother me. But for the last three to four years, I've I really been battling, you know, some some emotional issues, you know. And, and some things are deep-seated, okay. some things are new, you know. I think you just get to a point, as, as you start to mature, mm -hmm. you know, you, you start seeing things different. Right. So I really wasn't able to verbalize what I was actually going through. You know, and then some, you know, sometimes you try to explain something to somebody and it's not coming out right and you don't want to sound crazy. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you try to look for the answers elsewhere. Okay. So I, I started, you know, uh, going, going to counseling and stuff like that just to kind of talk, you know, right. try to get a, a, a third opinion. And I ran across this book, uh, but as my, uh, my wife gave me, and she was like, look, you know what, when uh, me and your boy was going through it, I couldn't understand even what he was trying to communicate to me. Mm -hmm. But this book right here really helped me be able to understand, you know, the, okay. the way male communicates. Okay. You know, so now, now it, it, it's more on a, 
it's on a scriptural level, but the way he breaks it down, you kind of can even bypass that. And, and really, it, it, I really can't explain it. You, I, I, I'm going to get you a copy of it, man. All right. But like I'm looking say, forward it, it to really, it. It really enables anyone to understand, you know, what a male goes through, whether you be a nine-to-five worker, an entrepreneur, a father, a young guy, whatever. It encompasses all that. And everything that I was thinking, he was able to break it down, and now I'm able to actually talk about it and really understand what I was going through. Okay. That's pretty powerful. Sounds like a pretty powerful book. Sounds like it definitely helped you move forward from a sticky position or a sticky situation. So, yeah, I'm going to hold you to that copy. Emotions by T.D. Yeah, Jakes. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Yep. Sounds good. What advice do you have for anyone out there in life looking to succeed? I always use this, man. Sometimes you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. <laughs> I like that one. And what, I mean, <laughs> and what I mean is that, man, hey, success ain't overnight. You know, it's, 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 it's a marathon, not a sprint. Right. So you, you're not going to come out there and hit a home run the first time. You're going to hit a lot of doubles, singles, you know, so, and, and it's going to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You, you're going to go through some stuff, but just know that it is right at the end of the time. Right. I mean, it's all about the process. And I mentioned in one, yep. of, my, I mentioned in one of my earlier podcasts, you don't just want a cake and it just pops up out of thin air. You know, it's a process you got to go mm-hmm. through to develop that cake to make it reach this finished mm-hmm. product. And I don't know why I keep using the, <laughs> the cake analogy because I'm not a big cake eater. But uh, yeah, it's just like, it's just like planting the seed, you know, the seed don't grow overnight. You don't, you don't, you don't exactly. eat off the same seed that you plant, you know, overnight. It takes time to reach its full potential. That's true. And you got to keep that in mind when you're seeking your goals and you're trying to get to a certain point in life. It's a process. That's true. It, it is a process. And I heard this all the day too and it kind of smacked me a little bit and I had to take a step back. Somebody said, What's wrong is right. Explain. Like, what? <laughs> so, basically, when, you, when you're on this journey, on that process, if it doesn't work out for you, it wasn't supposed to. Uh, but you learned a lesson from it. Uh, so, what's wrong is right. Uh-huh. I like that. Like, man, that's... Yeah, I was like, that's pretty deep right there. Okay, if it didn't work out so for you... I did the exact same thing you did. I said, oh, wait a minute. You got to break that down. Explain that to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's wrong is right. If it didn't work out, it wasn't meant yeah. to work out. You learned a lesson from it, keep moving. Just, yeah, keep striving. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. What's your biggest fear? Ooh. My biggest fear is, uh, I would say, you know, get to a point to where I leave, I lose confidence in myself. That, that would be my biggest fear. Hmm. Because once you lose self-confidence, you lose everything. But I think in your process, in your growth, you get to a certain point in life where you know exactly what you need to do to keep your vibration and your frequency at a certain level. I, like, I want you to envision peaks and valleys, all right? There are going to be peaks and valleys. You're going to be down sometimes and up sometimes. You obviously want to be up most of the time. But the trick is to learn these necessary steps that are required so that when you find yourself moving in the wrong direction, you can quickly rebound. So you say your, your biggest fear is not to have confidence in yourself. My, or something. my biggest fear would be to, yeah, to lose self-confidence. And I don't I think... Like I'm, I'm not going to. Yeah, I don't, think you can, I don't think you can ever lose self-confidence now because you know what you have yeah. to do right. physically, mentally, spiritually so that you never go to those lower levels again. Mm-hmm. So just think about that. I agree. 
Because if you ask me what my biggest fear was, I'd tell you fuck fear. One of the things that, that Will Smith said on his IG several times, fear is an illusion. Danger is real. Don't get it twisted. But fear is an illusion. Fear is not real. And I asked the question, what's your biggest fear? So that I can share this with you. There should be no fear. No fear. That was a popular clothing brand back in the 80s or 90s. There is no fear. I used to rock it. You know, not to be on a, the religious tip or whatever, but I'm supposed to be a God-fearing man. That's what I learned growing up. Why should I fear God? There should be no fear. It, 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 it is so funny you say that because we, we throw that term around so much. But we're, we're sitting there saying we should fear God. But if, if God is our father, why would we want to fear our father? It should be more of a respect. And yes. Honor. And, and yeah. that, I just watched... I got this buddy that I used to train with before I met you over at, uh, what was it, Valley's Total Fitness, named Billy, Billy D. Williams, actually. His name is Billy D. Williams. And we, we go back and forth, and we share Instagram. Yeah, no doubt. And he rides, he rides that out. That's his thing. But he always shares these posts with me when he feels that he's found something that's worth watching. And he shared something with me a couple of days ago, and it was this African-American musician who figured out that he wanted to meet... Well, hold on. Let me tell this story real quick, and I want to get it right. Give me about... Give me a couple minutes on this, and I'm going to try to, try to paraphrase it. Okay. His family moves to an all-white area. Let's just say this is in the 60s, right? He's like two of the only black people in his town. His parents end up putting him in the Boy Scouts. Fast forward. They're in a parade going through this predominantly white area. And he starts getting, uh, the, the, the den leader has him carrying the flag in front of the, in front of the group of scouts and Girl Scouts and 4-H's and all that stuff as they march. And all of a sudden, he, started, he starts getting pelted with bottles and bricks and stuff. And then all the troops leaders, they hone in around him to protect him from getting hit. All right. He's like thinking, why, why don't he's thinking in his head, why don't these people like us? Why don't they like the Boy Scouts? But then later on, he realizes that they were not hitting all the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts. They were just throwing stuff at him. This was obviously a small group of white supremacists throughout this parade that were hitting him with these objects. So he's asking the den leaders, like, what happened? Why, why did that happen? And they give him no explanation. So he gets home to his mom and dad, and his mom and dad was like, son, what'd you do to fall down and scrape yourself up like this? And he's like, I didn't fall down. And he tells them exactly what happened. So this was right. the moment in his life where his parents had to tell him about racism. He's 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So later on in life, because he never really understands how someone can hate me or dislike me, and they don't even know who I am. They don't even know me. How can they how can they not like me? So he decides that he wants to meet with in order to overcome or in order to understand why they they can't like me because of my skin color. He sets up this arrangement to meet with uh, the grandmaster of the Ku Klux Klan. First off, he had some big balls that even want to sit down in that situation. Right, but, right, 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 right. But fast forward, they end up becoming the bestest of friends. This is a TED talk that uh, that he sent me. They end up becoming the best of friends. They come and watch him do his music group, you know what I'm saying, when he's playing music. He's actually invited open arms to go and sit in clans meetings. So this is an African-American male in the 60s or 50s or 70s, and he's sitting in uh, the, the big club clans meeting where they're burning crosses and all this shit. All right, but I said I was going to paraphrase this. The reason 
I bring this up is because it was fear that initiated this whole thing. Fear creates mm-hmm. situations where you react ignorantly. And if you want to go and find this TED talk and listen to it, I'm sure you can put in African-American musician visits Ku Klux Klan meeting or whatever. And it speaks mm-hmm. about fear and respect. And I brought that up because you right. just used those two words. Why should I have to fear God? It shouldn't be a fear. It should be a respect. What's your biggest fear? I have no fear. If you would have asked me that about five or 10 years ago, I said my biggest fear is that I die before I can teach my son how to do this or do that. But now in my life, I understand that I teach my son everything he needs to know every day. And if I didn't give a teacher exactly. to him, what you just said was wrong is right. And it wasn't meant for me to teach that to him. It wasn't meant to be. Life is going to teach that to him. Right. What's right is wrong. I mean, it's just some powerful shit we're talking about right now. And everything just keeps coming back to itself because it's real, first off. It's the truth. And what's your biggest fear? No fear. Fear is not a good thing. You know, I don't fear man. I don't fear God. I don't fear life. I don't fear death. Well, I agree. Yeah. I agree. With that being said, my friend, I guess I'll bring it to an end because I know you got, you know, some, some business to take care of today. But as always, I want to yeah, thank man. you. Hey. For sitting down on the podcast with me. Yeah, and for sharing your knowledge and your experiences. Yeah, go ahead. Well, what I would like to say is, whoever listening to this, go support this man, Clothing Line. And and this ain't just because, you know what I'm saying, this boy. It's because (laughs) he's got quality stuff out there. I'm serious. When I say that I got stuff from five years ago and I'm still rocking, and it ain't fell apart, I'm I'm telling you why why he's not in footlock and finish line. You know, Macy's, Nordstrom, I don't know why, but don't support this man. Hey, thank you, my friend. My man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Have a good one. You thank too. You. Later. Daryl Davis is the black musician I mentioned earlier who decided to meet with the Ku Klux Klan Grand Wizard. If you simply Google black musician meets with KKK, theguardian.com has a full story and video on the topic. The clothing brand mentioned earlier by a special guest is Good Hurt Apparel and can be shopped at www.goodhurt.com. Again, thank you for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Good Hurt, the podcast.